Choose your player. Hello, my name is Lavina Jadwani. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Hello, my name is Catherine Miller. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. And, and I, I have, have been, been obsessed, obsessed with, with ice skating, skating since, since I was 10 years old. I was the six one years word old. that sums up my obsession. The one word that sums up my obsession is joy. Is Christy Yamaguchi. Shoot out for a few months. It's know. fine. This it's fine. We'll, 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 we'll get into this. We'll, we'll, we'll get. But like, right? We can. But like, we and we actually, Catherine and I have not. We've not talked. Like, I know that we share this passion. But we, and we've talked. We've really been on like, sh- like texting and like. So, yeah, yeah, like yeah. That, but that's not. That was our pregame. Yeah. And don't worry, there's more to come. Oh, but like, we haven't really talked a lot. Like this came anyway. We should start. The, I'm gonna let you finish. Well, with that, everyone, because I do still have a cold open, so you're going in right oh, there. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, so listen. No, no, hold on. Welcome, everyone, to my nerdy obsession. Now I'm going to take control. <laughs> it is Michael Owen Akavak again. Thank you for joining us. Today we have a treat. Our first two-guest episode. Catherine Miller, a new friend. And Lavina, I always get scared to say your last name. Jadwani! Well, um, we've been very good friends for a while. I've known your passion of what we're going to talk about today. We've talked about it on a previous podcast of in the jar actually yes. uh where the start come from but Catherine, this is our first time meeting you're lovely oh thank you um and <laughs> i'm super excited to understand you so <laughs> to understand well, well to understand your passion I was like, we're gonna be here for a while if you want to understand me as a this whole. is actually a Are therapy session so. concept as an aesthetic we could do so many different things love it um so folks we are going to learn today about figure skating Specifically speaking, the 90s and 2000s figure skating, these two have a passion over. Lavina, more 90s than that. But it's so, true. It's true. I'm a total hipster um, about this. But stuff. since, Catherine, since you are new to my home, I always have guests go first. So uh, uh, give me kind of a, a little summary of why you love figure skating or what is figure skating to you? Um. I used to skate when I was a child in my mall ice rink, um, University Town Center in San Diego, La Jolla, California. Um, but it all started because that's like the sport that my mom and my grandma and I would just watch. That was how we like gathered together when I was a young child when they couldn't have me watch their inappropriate television shows at like late at night. Like this was like the wholesome entertainment that we could all watch together. Um, and then also like we would, we would go to like stars on ice, which is coming back. I'm so excited. Nathan, Nathan Chen's going to be on the tour this year. Um, but like we would go see them live and like, I just, I was so entranced by the beauty of it and like the athleticism behind it. I don't think that there's anything else like it that exists in this world. Um, but it's also like fraught with a lot of problems. Like I honestly, like at every sport, every art form. Um, so it's just super interesting. Uh, and also kind of how it's stuck in a, in a very like liminal dated space at times too. So I just find it really fascinating. 
go for it. Your, your summary. Kind of similar. You started skating as a child, too, I right? did. I skated a little bit. I mean, I never I never competed, but I did do the, like, uh, oh, what is it? I switched from ISIA to USFSA, but whatever. Like, I did the, I got the patches. We found them as we're cleaning out my folks' house. <laughs> wow. Mom was like, are you sure you want to get rid of this? I was like, yeah, I really do. Um, uh, but I kept the uh, signed uh, Christy Yamaguchi photo from when uh. I went to Stars on Ice. <laughs> You know, and and because I think, Michael, when we talked about this on uh, previous podcasts, the way that my passion for figure skating came up is that, you know, uh, uh, listen, Christy Yamaguchi is the greatest of all time. And 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 the reason that she was so impactful for me was I just I just remember the first time I turned on the television and I saw her skating and I felt seen. And listen, Asian American uh, is a problematic term that is applied to right people that experience similar types of model minority oppression, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And 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 not just limited to the model minority thing. Right. But like that was something that I think that really caught my eye about Christy was that she was so so good um and we can we can talk about 94 if you want the reason the reason i asked but well but but actually zooming out for a moment and like the reason that i asked Catherine to come is i I do think right when i got your email about uh what is your nerdy obsession you know i i did think about figure skating because i think that you know so on the whole right i am also a product of stem learning again we don't we don't have time to unpack everything this isn't no billable hours but you know i think like growing up somebody who was uh, identified as both nerdy and socialized femme sometimes i would say i was nerdy about something and i'd get met particularly from from young men with a like prove it or like no you're not i'm nerdier about this than you are and so like i would say yes i'm here to talk about figure skating but on the whole like the thing that i'm nerdy about is is inclusion and i think that like i have become interested in figure skating in terms of its attempts to become more inclusive it, i don't think it's always succeeding right but it's interesting to watch how the sport evolves and i like talking about figure skating because and especially with other theater people because at the end of the day what we're watching is storytelling like it's this intersection of athleticism and storytelling which again let's get into it but 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 I it's just, almost like mime on ice which which is why okay i think i think if we're going to talk about this and i also because Catherine's a brilliant dr- dramaturg so it's also like i know that i'm gonna and, and we have to bring this into the contemporary uh uh into the contemporary context i think but yeah how do we how do we consume I, like i was like i don't know how to consume the olympics ethically or logistically right now i don't understand <laughs> i'm supposed to be watching it but but the introduction of lyrics talk about mime Mime. The introduction of lyrics I find fascinating. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say you say mime and then I'm like, and then there are little skaters who have taken, like, I think of, uh, 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 why am I, Kurt, Kurt Browning. And I think of yeah. his infamous clown, yeah. like, skate where he yeah. literally transforms I into, I know, because it was, it was also such an, I think, important moment in skating because it wouldn't be beyond of just, you're, you're just a dancer and you're doing all these like really hard tricks, but that's all you are. It was performance. It was like activating the audience also like in competition too, which I think really sh- like people are like, what that, what the fuck is happening? Um, but then he literally was, he was, he, he kept doing it for almost his entire career. He was just do different 
versions of this one clown character he had picked out for skating, which is... It's extraordinary. Right, he was an extraordinary performer. Uh, we've mentioned the, uh, you must remember this special, I, I I would say. I don't think is required viewing, but I would I would recommend it as a companion piece. I do think it's on YouTube. But but this is why I will maintain. And so, Catherine, the one... Catherine and I were in a... The, the, the moment I was like, I have to bring Catherine Miller is because we were in a Zoom room. Do you remember this? 1998, I'm calling it. 1998, time of, time of death in the artistry of figure skating. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to call it because I think everybody, everybody, everybody thinks it's O2 because of that Paris cheating scandal. But like the purity of the sport, I'm sorry. And look, that was Michelle Kwan's gold medal to win and she lost it. I'm not arguing about that. I'm not arguing about that. I'm saying it's quad, it's quadapalooza here. No, no, I will, I will, I will agree with you that quads have literally ruined the artistry and like, especially in these Olympics, I'm even seeing it. I mean, I know we're talking about nineties and two thousands, but like there's a, there's a lot of stuff coming up in these Olympics that just kind of point to the fact that quads are like the only way that a skater is going to succeed. And if you can't, do a quad then you're not going to succeed and like what rationale does that have in in, for me at least like I don't it doesn't make sense to me well and we saw that we because we saw the start of that happening I feel like with the uh in the 90s with like right that 92 games we had we had Midori Ito we had Tanya Harding we had a couple of women with the potential to land a triple axel and change the game but like I don't know I just I feel like I watch and I'll admit I I also the scoring has changed and I understand why but I hate it I hate it um, I feel like, and I used to play fantasy football. I feel like it's ruining the sport the same way fantasy football is ruining the sport. I do. But, but you know, uh, my experience of watching it, I try to, exp- you know, ignore the boxes. My experience of watching the singles is it feels like the quads are chocolate, are chocolate chips in a chocolate chip cookie. And listen, y- you all know how I love my chocolate, but like the quality of the cookie, it's starting to lose integrity because of the amount of quads stacked in these programs. Well, What's the story we're telling? Well, I don't know what's happening with that Russian figure skater. Uh, but, but, but I have to be honest i find the russian women women boring overall for this reason i would agree and i also i mean the other thing that is like even if even if even if an athlete can do a quad like that is phenomenal that is great but like we've just lost something like i really i really do agree with that even though i do think that tara lipinski did did really like I, I went back and watched that that long program, and it blew my mind. And just the joy on her face is like a young fifteen year old. But like again, I do think that quads have become the standard, and like, and everyone else who cannot do that, like some of those programs I was watching, I watched the entire thing, um, the entire long programs, uh, I guess like broadcast for for the Olympics this year. Yeah. And some of those programs are phenomenal. There's some like real artistry there. Uh, Donovan Carrillo, who is the the first uh, man, first skater from Mexico to compete in the Olympics in 30 years. He is a phenomenal skater. He is just, he is so suave. He's so like, just brings his audience in, but can't do a quad. Yeah. And so he's nowhere near able to place. Well, I felt like, and I don't know how it was, but at least this year for me, I clocked that skater more because of where Yuzuru Hanyu ended up in the in the right which was there a hole in the ice I don't know I, you know I don't know there's too many scandals in this sport it's, it's, it's deflate gate all was over there again. a hole in the ice in the, in the short program and then in the long program what then happened then yeah. what was that was yeah. another mental moment for him or? and that's that's the thing that I, f- I do find exciting about Nathan Chen is I do think that the mental health game there is strong yes and I do I I really love that he like 
went to college and was like, yeah. I'm going to do this thing. And then like took a break from college, like really focused on like, I mean, he's at Yale. There's a very sweet dog. Guinness, is, Guinness right is stealing this show. <laughs> Michael, when you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, like you see in other sports too. And I think with ice skating, especially because of this doping scandal and because of the history that that specific coach for that skater has had with her skaters, the harm, the abuse that she has done yeah. to those individuals like the last skater of hers that won i think silver um retired from the sport because she had a broken back and an eating disorder and uh, like you look at that and you're like well it's russia and it's like no th- there are also issues within american ice skating there are issues all over the world in terms of how ice skaters are treating their bodies and their minds um, so no, I do think, I think Nathan Chen is like a really great example of, of taking care of himself and, and thinking also about his future post skating. Cause like not everyone's going to be able to be a commentator. Not everyone's in, I mean, Johnny Weir, I was like, I was like, good on you. You didn't like, I believe he has never won a medal in the Olympics, but he's a great commentator and look at him, but not everyone is going to be able to do that. Well, and right. Like at its core, this is a highly subjective sport. So our, our idea of like, look, you are right about Tara Lipinski and I am right about Michelle Kwan. Like both things are true. Right. But I actually think what we're getting back to though here, right. And listen, few things are binary. I don't need to tell you that. But like, you know, uh, the reason I say I say time of death, 1998, I do is because I do believe, though, though it was her medal to lose and she lost it. You know, Michelle Kwan, Christy Yamaguchi, those were the total Kurt Browning. Those were the total package skaters. And now we're watching. and, And what I like about watching the men overall is that the field is older. And so I do think that that affects the maturity of the storytelling. And am I a little ageist that I didn't respond? You know, because because I think hearing I haven't gone back and I've watched that Lipinski program, but I loved Oksana Bayul. You know, so I think part of it for me, too, was like feeling like, okay, uh, I've already seen this. But but the reason I loved Oksana Bayul is because, look, if we want to talk about 94 and we can talk about it's actually not about the scandal. Neither, neither Nancy Kerrigan nor Tanya Harding were the complete package in the way that Christy Yamaguchi were. Right. Those were athletes. Those were athletes, and one of them changed the package a little bit to fit the more, right? And again, and we can talk about, like, I still, and this was part of the reason I wanted to bring you, I was like, what kind of, like, cishat, monogamous, boring, right? Are we, you? I mean, because if we're going to talk also about the pairs, and if we're going to, because I actually think the ice dancing is the most exciting thing to watch these days. I I wholeheartedly agree. I went back last night after watching, um, oh my God, I'm going to butcher their names, but the, 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 this, the ice dance pair that I'm like thoroughly obsessed with, Madison Chalk and um, oh yeah yeah the the, the non ship I miss the ship sibs I'm just gonna say it I love them but yes yes the non so yeah. I I mean like also just them as a I forget his name because I really don't care about him because I don't have a crush about on him but Madison Chalk's partner it, yeah. like they're together as an actual couple but there's just I don't know something so just linked in and like committed and vulnerable about what they do and we've lost that like I. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, like, I, I remember my mom was so obsessed with Katarina Vitt. Yes. Like, and again, I, that was like, for me, watching these tiny little petite skaters and then seeing Katarina Vitt, who is yeah. 
so tall and that was the thing i was told as a kid when i was skating was that you're gonna be too tall to be a skater and i'm like look at katarina vitt look at like she is a strong woman you can see it and we don't see those body types even now for female skaters which is bullshit and I, well i remember because i remember those 94 olympics because i remember all right if we're gonna talk about it right if we're gonna talk about why christy yamaguchi is the goat is she could have stuck around for two more years and tried to go back to back and you know i don't know what the reasons were for her not doing it but i love that she went out on top and I love that, you know, and, and, and right. Cause, cause the whole energy of 92 was, are they going to sweep? Right. Yamaguchi, Kerrigan, Harding, whatever order you want, yeah. but like, you know, and, and I remember Katarina Vitt reinstating for those 94 games and coming back and doing this Robin Hood program because it was the first time I saw somebody at the Olympics skating in pants. And I was like, Oh, why are we doing more of this? Yeah. You know, because at the same time, right, you're watching, I was watching Tanya Harding going out there in the sparkles trying to skate to Jurassic Park and clearly, clearly, right? And clearly, and the ice and the lace broke and the whole thing, right? But like, but also you're watching her trying to, trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. And this is why I want to talk to you, right? Because at the end of the day, right, you know, we're people who geek out about identity conscious work. And I do think like, um, hi Guinness. Guinness is sitting on my foot right now. It's very delightful. But you know, so like I, I compare the Olympics a little bit to the Super Bowl halftime show in that. I just want everybody to show up and be be their best version of themselves. I, you know, I thought that Katy Perry left Shark halftime show. You know, the thing is, right, like, she gave you 100% of Katy Perry and Beyonce gave you 100% of Beyonce. And so that's my thing is, right, I, I just want everybody to show up and do their best version of themselves, even if that means that you're going to, you're going to, uh, you know, whiff it in the short program and then dust yourself off in Nathan Chen like he did in 2018. Yeah. Like, that's why I like that guy. You are totally right to criticize his taste in clothing, though. Like, I don't, I liked the short short program look i like the short okay but i do have to okay vera vera wang designs his costumes first of all vera wang i just i gotta revoke your fashion week (laughs) card like i just i it baffles my mind it literally looks like most of the time except for the short program costume historically it looks like he just went to the under armor store and like just bought a shirt and was like here i am um but like I've been watching a lot of commentary from retired skaters. Um, I also like religiously follow Adam Rippon because he's yeah. also um, he's a coach now. And I think he's a really interesting person to kind of comment on skating is like the the heteronormativity of skating, despite yeah. the fact that there have been so many queer individuals who are in skating and who oftentimes will not come out until they're close to retirement or they're like they've hit a they've gotten a gold medal and they go, well, I can come out now because I've got a gold medal and no one's going to question my sexuality or, or, and like, it's so funny. Cause for me as a queer person, like skating is so queer. It is so queer. It's unfortunate that this is a, a, a sport that kind of lends itself to artistry. And then the moment that someone is a little too femme, like I think Johnny, Weir was highly criticized for his costumes and his flamboyancy, but that was just him. Rudy Galindo, same thing, yeah. Uh, Right? Christy Yamaguchi's former Paris partner, right? I don't know if that was in your trivia, Michael, but yes. But, like, Rudy Galindo, in my brain, is the... is the greatest male skater of all time because of just how he bared his soul on that ice, but also like was a true athlete and really did take care of himself when, like, he retired pretty early. Could have had, again, another few years, but, like, actively has taken care of himself. I think he also is a choreographer now, which makes me very excited. But, like, there was such a stigma with him coming out. I mean, Evan Lysacek. I mean, it's just... So, 
I love I love Nathan Chen. I really that gold that that log program was the most anxious I've been since the Nagano Olympics. Yeah. Like I literally was sitting there going, "Oh my god, is he gonna do it?" Um, but I do like why is there such a fear of leaning into that? Totally, totally right. And like, and you know, it's interesting with with with. Oh well, so a couple things. Uh, one that I'm just gonna pop in to, to think about so because because when i watch nathan chen first of all um my thing when i watch figure skating is that i'm rooting for everybody asian and the men's field is ridiculous right now yeah. just and, and i don't mean asian american actually i do just mean like i'm rooting for everybody asian and the men's field is stacked right now we're talking about the current olympics right the now current yeah. olympics right? yeah we we have veered into modern modern era of ice skating <laughs> because because like look I'll, I'll i'll also own that like that's that's my yamaguchi and kwan bias and look were there south asian figures your skaters competing at the Olympic level like yeah I would love to have that but I also think what you were talking about in terms of like the heteronormativity I actually think right and listen this is a bunch of theater makers talking about figure skating and like I'm not going to pretend like any of us are experts but you know we, we we've seen the coaching we, we've seen the mental health game get stronger we've seen the choreography get better but like to your point of who is who is picking these costumes and who is where are the directors where are the people who are pulling together the entire story and are getting us that Kurt Browning total package because we're not getting it anymore no. I I mean, there's that. I I forget where this this lovely young man is from, but there's that the there's a guy who did I believe a short program to Jesus Christ Superstar this year, yeah, and literally that. does the forty lashes like went and and like does it like doesn't just cut like does the entirety of the 40 lashes section and it is baffling to me there's also a piece this year that felt like pure russian propaganda like i was watching it and i was like wow russia mother russia putin's watching it's also it's also fascinating now that lyrics are available to watch people from other countries uh, do sequences that are exclusively dated, d- dedicated, excuse me, to American pop stars. So of course it makes sense in the ice dancing we were talking about. We love the ice oh dancing, right? But if you're gonna if you're gonna ask for a rhythm dance, of course you're gonna get both Janet and Michael Jackson. Like that makes sense, you know. But then we we see the Britney and we see the Madonna, and I'm like, it's just so fascinating. Again, from a storytelling and from a text lens, okay, right? To see somebody from another country riffing off of, but sometimes co-opting and sometimes veering into propaganda, as you say, the language from another culture on an international stage. That's just fascinating to me. And then there are, and then there are those who like fully grasp everything. Like, I mean, I, I, here is here's the thing when canada wins i think the united states wins too because canada we're we're siblings honestly sometimes i wish canada Canadian. does not feel that way no i know <laughs> sometimes i wish I, I mean we're also like right next door to canada um but like i i've always loved canadian skaters and um i'm Dang, I'm going to again. The pairs, Sully and Peltier were great. They did the Moulin Rouge piece, correct? Last for Pyeongchang. Uh, mm, I'm thinking of somebody else, but I don't know who you're. But I, I, I know who you're. Yeah, I watched it last night and I sobbed. Like yeah. they full. Like that is one of the best just programs in my brain of of like strong skating, but also and ice dancing some people are like it's just dancing on ice. I'm like there are some tricks and flips that are deeply terrifying to watch when because again. I don't think people think of the blade. I don't think they think of the injuries that come with skating and the injuries that have happened at competition in skating and how actually dangerous it can be. Um, But I know there's this Moulin Rouge program that I highly recommend to anyone who's like wanting to dip their toes in. 
because uh, I watched it last night. And again, they were not together as a couple. But the moment that that program ended and the uh, the male the male skater just jumped into her arms and was like, yes, and like held her. And I literally was like, they're in love, but they're not together. They're not. And they've never been together. Well, and this is why, okay, all right. I gotta I gotta give a little love to the Shibsibs. I do. Again, if we're talking about Asian the American, what? The, the Shibutanis, Maya and Alex Shibutani, they are siblings. They ice dance and together. And Shibsibs. That's what they're known as, Makes the Shibsibs. I personally think they should get Shiba Inus and just like lean in on it. I love that. The, sh- the Shibu Inus of the Shibsibs. Yeah. Yeah, come on, that's just yeah, a gimme. That's a reality show. But, but so they're they're siblings that skate together. They're taking the, these Olympics off because I believe she has a knee injury. Um, but um, you know, uh, uh, they're incredibly in sync because they're biologically related. And yet, what we are asked as an audience to watch when we watch them dance together is not a romantic pairing. And it's interesting because again, this is a highly subjective sport. It is. So um, that's a different story than um. I would say the sport has traditionally like we've traditionally held up solely romantic stories, you know, and, 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 uh, uh, right. Again, we think of the greats. What is it? Uh, uh, Gordieva and, and her, her first husband, yeah. I forget his name. Oh gosh. That was right. But like, and like, and like Torval and Dean, you know, right. It's like, you you know, and, and I get it. Like we're trained to watch it in that way, but also like these are two bodies on ice telling a good story. Yeah. And that could, and I'm not, and I'm not saying the romantic stories are bad ones. Uh, you know, the Winter Olympics often happen in, around February. I feel like they always they put the ice dancing right around. You know what I mean? They do the ice dancing and the pairs are like it's fine. You know, those are great stories. But I, I also love the Shibsibs because they are vocal about Asian America. Like they use that platform. If you follow them on Twitter, I'm not on social media too much right now. But like they're there. They're like, hey, we have this platform, and like we're gonna use it to also root for everybody Asian. I do. So I do love that. But but I do. But I used to uh, uh, Nate Berger, who's a great class class. Actor time, he's like, yeah, we would go, we would get in because because we were working together in Florida during 2018s. We're watching the Olympics, and he would just he, he knew it would get under my skin. He knew he'd be like, they're never gonna be great. They're never gonna be great. The universe, the the figure skating universe, is not ready to give that pair gold because they, they just haven't learned to watch a non romantic couple on ice. I'm not a judge. I don't. Uh, you know what I mean? But I I think there's some merit to that, right? I'm I'm I'm. Well, it's like there's a transition, right? Especially movies are one of my very nerdy things, right? And it we are in, I believe, a renaissance of where females are becoming more leads, more action front. Like they are becoming the storytellers of the of the narrative of movies and stuff. But how long has that happened? And it's the same thing that happened has to happen in sports, especially in this particular case where we're dealing with a sport that is. One of the only sports, in my opinion, second to gymnastics, that is a physical art piece, right? It it is really close to performance art. I mean, like, like really borderline to it, just like gymnastics are. But I can't tell you like a football player. It's not art. That is uh, somebody playing a game like that's not a sports like there's like a fine line that it borrows. So like there's going to be this learning thing and with this learning thing. So you guys went on a tangent of what's kind of current and then, and, and, and kind of your, your not hatred, but like you went on your dislikes of what it's come to be. Yeah. Totally right? a hipster in this regard. <laughs> I totally am. But I want, I want to dive into it now. Okay. So we've brought up Kurt Browning. Yeah. We uh, all have texted about our love of Scott. Oh, gotta love a backflip. So what I want to know. So when, when you started skating, how old were you? 10, which I believe is around the age that Christy Yamaguchi was when she started skating. <laughs> she had club feet. She was late to the party, late bloomer, much like All myself. Right. And when did you start skating? I think I was like 
seven or six. I was pretty young. How close did you step foot on the ice versus when you first saw someone perform? Yeah, they were linked for me. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely. I mean, definitely before um, it was definitely a gateway drug. Like, like a like a within a year type situation. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that's fun. I want to get on the ice. Yeah. And I remember I, I, I remember that it was Christy. And I remember that there was an exhibition performance where she skated to being alive. Oh, wow. And I remember that she fell pretty early on. And it and and I remember Scott Hamilton was doing the commentary and him saying something about, you know, the hardest jump in figure skating. It doesn't actually matter what kind of jump it is. It's it's the jump after a fall. That's the yeah. hardest jump. And and so that 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 mental that mental game also, which I think we've been talking about a little bit. Right. And it is, you know, I, I, I do think it's why the stats right to have that like running score of how much a mistake cost you and to be able to watch that, you know, in 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 prime time is is a particular thing. And, and that's why I think it's fascinating that, again, going back to contemporary, that somebody like Nathan Chen is like, yeah, I watch. I've incorporated that into part of my mental health game and it doesn't rattle me. I think that's amazing. And especially if we're going to talk about the 90s, like I also think we just have to talk about some of the racism in the sport, because if you want to talk about people who can do backflips, Surya Bonali, one foot. And there's a great episode of I think it's Losers on Netflix that really talks about, you know, and because I don't think right. It was 94. I was explain 11. explain what happened in the. Uh, I mean, I would I would say overall, Surya Bonali is is a black figure skater who skated for France, and who who overall, and I think again this this Netflix uh, losers really sums it up beautifully. But overall, I think that that is a strong black athlete with incredible artistry who you know and again you have to remember the focus was all on nancy and tanya and all this other stuff you know but whenever there's noise I always go like what are they trying to distract you from and and and, and i'm not saying it's always racism but I, I do think there is racism in the sport i will say that oh 100 percent. like i mean think about growing up like i can name michelle kwan and christy amaguchi or maybe the two non-caucasians that i can name off the top and of my head the thing right was that christy did not get big um advertisements in the way that nancy kerrigan did because the, this country wasn't ready to have like japanese american celebrities after you know it's everything. after everything right like i remember her doing wendy's commercials but that was it and then you're watching nancy kerrigan doing campbell's soup like, she didn't win she didn't win right and this is the beginning of like you know early not even pre-actual pre-teen lavina jadwani just being like this isn't fair she's landing a backflip one one legged we should be we should be celebrating that i don't know why that's illegal and she should be on camel soup they banned it after her i yeah. believe like she was the sole reason whereas then like i believe scott hamilton could still keep doing backflips yeah. nonsense because it was okay for the men to do it and a white man yeah yeah no no, no. but i was yeah. gonna say because i think it was because it was her versus like a nancy kerrigan or even i mean a tanya harding it was viewed as dangerous well, that's why she tried it to push the limit like she's she also just is a gorgeous skater like I yeah, she was someone who I was just so deeply fascinated by in terms of like, at, like also in France, like I just I, you think of these French skaters as like very buttoned up and kind of uptight and just very much like snobbish, to be quite frank. And she was not that she was like the wild card on those Olympics. And honestly, like she was 
phenomenal. I mean, she still is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It, was, it was a very, very exciting skater to watch, and and somebody who who really broke the mold. And and you know, also you know, in these last summer games, watching again, athletes like Simone Biles and Naomi, you know, black women speak to the Im- mental stress of yeah. the game, and really, you know, we saw that with Surya Bonali, and and I think. You know, like I said, there was there was a lot of noise going elsewhere. And that was one of the things when I look back on that season, I'm like, you know, Nancy and Tanya were not were not the most interesting thing about the 94 games. What was most interesting to me was that the alternate they sent was Michelle Kwan. That was a 13 year old Michelle Kwan at those 94 games. I did not realize that. That lives in rent free in my brain for some reason, which was the other reason when you were like, what's your nerdy obsession? I was like, oh, I don't have to prep for this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I watch, you know, I was like, oh, I should, I guess I should watch the recent stuff. So I'm current. Yeah, but otherwise sure. I would have, you know, if you had asked me this a year ago, I'd be like, yeah, I would like to talk about how Christy Yamaguchi is the greatest of all time. That's, well, I did not know that she was the alternate. I didn't, that's. Yeah. Yeah. Because they sent three people to the Olympics in 92 I don't know why I know this. They they sent three people to the Olympics it's because in 19... 19- because nerdy obsession. Because my nerdy obsession, because <laughs> the number of people you can send is determined by how well your country does at Worlds the previous year. And in 91, the U.S. had swept. So that's why we were able to send three people to 92. But we didn't sweep in 93, which is why we were only able to send two people and an alternate. And the alternate was especially important because if Nancy was injured or if we found out that Tanya had done whatever the... You know, Michelle would have Michelle Kwan sat there through those Olympic games ready to go on. Right. Which is when you look at you, you look at Michelle Kwan's Olympic trajectory and just go, oh, wow. She was also I mean, given the fact that she was the alternate. Now I'm thinking of the timeline of how like she how many times she competed actually in the Olympics, even just being as an alternate. Like, that's a lot. That's a long history of competing in the Olympics compared to a lot of folks who like maybe do two Olympics. Yeah. Or like, I mean, Jason Brown, I believe, was not in the last Olympics. Um, maybe no. But you, use your honey, right? This is the third. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like, because folks, I feel like they either. I mean, there's also the 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 thing that Scott Hamilton has pointed to in the past few days is that for for men in the sport, specifically in the United States, the like curse is that you place fifth in your first Olympics. And then you win gold the next time you go. And that is what has happened for Nathan Chen. That is what has happened for um, Brian Boitano. And that is what has happened for Nathan Chen. I mean, uh, Scott Hamilton. <laughs> I said Nathan Chen twice. What other, uh, I don't know, what is that? What's that word I'm trying to think of? Uh, Evan Lysacek was also, I think, I think he, I don't know if he has. Superstitions. God. What other superstitions are there like that or events like that? Do you know of? That's the only one I've really heard of. I mean, I do know that like in terms of like, before they get on the ice, I know a lot of skaters will, I mean, you see them walking with headphones and they do not like folks will not watch other people. I know that <laughs> was in so funny during this Olympics is that apparently Nathan Chen throughout the entire season has been having, I believe a basketball with him, but then yeah. this time, but then he brought a football to the Olympics and they're all like, Oh, it's cause of Super Bowls coming up. And I'm like, I don't know about that. But like, he always like has like some type of sports ball with him. Cause he, I mean, he plays sports, other sports. He also has skateboards. Um, he's also 22. Yeah, he's 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 a college kid. Like, um, I feel like a pedophile. Sometimes I watch the men. And I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, and I mean, I, yeah, that's all I know. I do miss the whole throwing of the bears and flowers on the ice thing. But I also know that we can't do that in the time of COVID. Um, but that was like one of my favorite things to watch. And I will say that's that's something that's interesting talking about in the times of COVID. I don't know if you've noticed this, if either of you watching the current stuff. Um, I noticed in the team event, which I have some feelings about the team event and what I would like it to be. Um, but I would like it to be an actual team event. But anyway, um, but the pairs 
because there's nobody in the stands, you can you can you can kind of hear them talk to each other. Oh, like during the program. During, during the program, like you have to you have to kind of like you know you gotta. Li- They're making like, probably like little noises, like now. Yeah, left. but like you yeah. can in ways that I you know you, I, I could never pick it up over the yeah. you know and like anyway I heard I heard Tara and Johnny also talking about it, but like yeah, it's kind of fascinating in terms of how we're how we're watching it now. So what in it, we're watching it now the Olympics are happening obviously it's accumulating a lot of your time and your 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 skating for me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Only I I do like curling. It's very it's very soothing at times. Curling's great to put on in the Also the American curling team curling team there's this guy he just looks like he's from like the deep south with like a trucker hat and just long ass hair and I'm like I want to have a beer with that man. <laughs> I find curling and I mean this I I, I I actually mean this uh, no shade. I, I I enjoy curling the same way I enjoyed the Downton Abbey movie. It was very high stakes, but like very low drama at the same time. Well, that's why I like the Downton Abbey. Yeah, yeah, that was great. I was like, oh, the stakes of this movie seem to be we're having fancy so, guests. We need to clean the house. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And it's a little similar with the curling. I'm like, this is very high stakes, but it kind of looks like you're you're mopping very fast. Like I don't I don't know. So, so off Olympic season. Where else? Like what? How does this encompass? Like, how do you get your nerdy obsession when there's not the Olympics going on? Because I only watched this with my mom when the Olympics were on. She really loved the Olympics, a little figure skating. What else is there? How do you guys get your fix? I actually, unless like, you know, I, Tanya comes about, right? Like when it comes about... Uh, uh, in the listen when Christy Yamaguchi was on Dancing with the Stars. Oh yeah, Adam Rabun was also on it, but no, Christy did. Christy was Christy great. Is phenomenal. <laughs> your whole uh, your whole entity froze when because you said here's listen. The thing. Here's the thing. I was ready to say because I I also am a am a former Steelers fan, a recovering Steelers fan, and I loved Heinz Ward. Um, and I and I really wasn't, but also Heinz Ward, an athlete that a lot of people you know, uh, Heinz Ward identifies as Black and Asian American, and and I think lots of people don't think about that second identity so that that is that is something that yes Heinz Ward and Christy Yamaguchi are the goats of Dancing with the Stars but that's it those are the only times I've watched Dancing with the Stars there funny enough is a competition series like Dancing with the Stars that was for ice skating they tried it in the U.S. briefly and it like flopped horribly but in the UK it has thrived and I believe that a number of like retired skaters are I was reading a bunch about choreographers because I also wanted to know like who was still in the game because my friend Fernand he started he skated then got into speech and debate in college he was actually my debate coach before I transferred to DePaul which I went to school with Lavina um but he then went back to skating so he's an adult skater he like will probably never get to like championships or whatever but he just loves it but Tara Lipinski is his choreographer and I'm like, and I'm like, awesome. that's so cool. Yeah. Got but like, there are still people like, obviously, Brian Orser is a perfect example. He coaches Nathan Chen. He is like still very much deep in this sport, even after retirement. Um. Oh, so there's this UK, this UK show where like famous celebrities and they're very basic. Like, like there's no, there's no quads, obviously, because someone would definitely die. There's maybe a jump. There's maybe a jump, maybe like a, a bunny hop. Um, all right. Okay. What? Oh, I, I've never seen the show. What British celebrity do you most want to see on the show? Like, like sky's the limit. Who do you want to see? Olivia I wanna, Coleman. Olivia Coleman. Olivia I think Coleman would be, would be good. I want to see John Oliver. John Oliver. I think, I think Andrew Garfield just cause I love him and I think he would do amazing at it oh, just he cause he always, it. he just throws himself fully into any project. Um, and then 
you can also like I I have watched Worlds. I have watched like I I now have a Peacock subscription, so I purely can watch when skating comes back because I've realized how much I have missed it. Um, but I'll also like even if I don't have access to channels. I'll go online after the after um a competition has happened and look up uh pieces and stuff. Like I'm super pissed that there was a short program this year from this skater who his long program was to Daft Punk, which I was like, yes. Awesome. But his short program was the Imperial March from Star Wars and like a techno, and he was wearing a Jedi outfit, and I was like, yes, yes, choices, choices. <laughs> yeah. Um. So like I, yeah, I love. I personally like will just go back and watch skaters just on YouTube stuff. Like I was watching a ton of them last night and. It was great. Have you, how much? So you said you meant you mentioned that you have a Peacock subscription. Have you guys ever gone to events or you mentioned your the um, stars on ice? Thank you. <laughs> the stars the on ice. I want to know. Had. I want to know some some money numbers. How much have you spent oh, on this oh. obsession? Well, like I'm not going to talk about how much money it spent to be a, a skater because that's another thing that I oh, think I is also a research. huge conversation. It's huge. It can go up to six figures. Yeah. To just be one. Oh yeah. Just no. To be one. I never yeah. owned my own pair of skates yeah. because of how expensive they were and like I was raised by a single parent who was like this is a cute hobby Catherine but can we go back to Girl Scouts because it's way more feasible and affordable and you can learn to make a fire and I'm very grateful that I know how to make a fire um but it's it's I mean Donovan Carrillo the the skater from Mexico he fully like moved to a city in Mexico to live with his coach separate from his family because there was no the rink in his hometown shut down he is still skating in a mall ice rink so he's got all these other like little children around him and like he's also like he's working extra jobs and he's like going to school and that's just his family is just so invested in it whereas like i will admit tara lipinski was kind of handed everything like she came from a very wealthy background like her i mean she was she was fine. She had all the things she wanted, all the glitter, all the gold. So, <laughs> well, and I, I'll admit that also for me, that's that's part of why, you know, I didn't skate too long. And, and you know, listen, uh, amazing immigrant parents wanted to give me everything I wanted. But also, you know, after a while, you know, especially I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for fun. I, yeah. Yes, I started at the same age as Christy Yamaguchi, but Christy Yamaguchi, I am not. That is very clear. Yeah. Right. And but yeah, it is. I mean, it's an expensive sport. And I mean, you know, going back to like this being a room full of theater storytellers, that is something that I that keeps me up at night. Right. As I'm very aware of the of the privilege I have in order to be able to practice what I do. And and I'm tr- and I try to like pay that forward but yeah it is it's a very like when we look at figure skating it's an expensive sport it's it's we we tend to see people with a lot of privilege rise top again that was what was interesting about the 94 olympics and the and the kerrigan harding thing is when you look at that that was it was about class oh, 100%. right those were those were two people from blue collar families and 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 one of them made the choice to like change up the package but like and and again this part of why i was like you know when you when you go back in the way that we talk about both of those skaters they're both described early in their career as tomboys and that being a problematic thing but this is a sport you know a sport where they're using their body probably more than any like the average male of america right Tanya they're Hardy using their body that triple accent olympic competition and nobody can take that away for her she yeah. says it all the time listen i'm not here to justify tanya harding's behavior but i will say that that's an athlete that's an athlete i can't do that when do you reveal this to whether it be a friend or a significant other of like hey this is some this is not just like i'm watching this as a thing like this is you, <laughs> I, mean, I'm, I mean if you if you follow me on social media you know like i i was 
I've been in conversation like the past like week about things about about the the Star Wars short program about the the doping scandal that is now hitting ice skating and this is the reason why we haven't had the medal ceremony for team for the team skating event. Um but like in terms of someone who maybe doesn't have access to my social media, I I'm I think it's on my dating profile. I think it's on my hinge. Because I'm just like I love this. It's a weird it's like I don't think it's weird. Um it is very niche. Uh, cause like you watch, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I also don't know a lot of people who watch the Olympics for other sports. Like I, I'm, so maybe I've curated my friend group just enough to be like, you like skating, you like skating. Cool. Let's, let's start a text group thread called the Christy Yamaguchi fan club and let's talk about it. But, um, and also my TikTok is purely curated to ice skating at this point. Like, that's why I keep getting those, those videos that I send you and you could like, like the, the hole in the ice scandal, which is now becoming a thing. Is it a deal breaker if someone doesn't? like it it's a deal breaker if they won't go with me like i'm i'm pretty depending on what the world looks like in may of this year i'm going to go to see stars on ice this year like i i i need to see these people in person i need to see nathan chen skate i need to see jason brown skate as vanilla as he is i think they're always going on about his artistry and like it's fine i I, you know what i mean but like we're supposed to understand that this person is still on the world stage because they don't have the quads but their artistry is and i just think it's kind of fine no i know i know i know i know (laughs) differing opinions um um but if they don't if they're like "Eh," like i want someone who's willing to like go with me even if they don't like it or like like for instance i had uh, a partner like uh, a while ago who loved to watch skating with me for the falls. And like, what's so funny is I watch hockey for people getting slammed against walls. That's my enjoyment of hockey. So I, got, I get it. I watch NASCAR for the crashes. Exactly. Yep. Whereas like skating for me, when someone Schadenfreude, falls, like it breaks my heart. Yeah. yeah. It, it just, it, especially if they fall like this Olympics in their short program and their long program with their very first jump. Um, and they're like the number one rated skater in the world. Like it's just it's heartbreaking versus like getting slammed against the wall where I'm like this it's part violence. of the sport in yeah. hockey. Like let's yeah, be real. you signed up for this. How Here about you, you and revealing? Um, you know, I, I like I said, this is something I really enjoy. Like I love this. I I love being able to do this. And like like I said, I didn't have to prep for this. This just lives rent free in my brain, right? Why do I know that thing about Michelle Kwan? It just lives rent free in my brain. <laughs> and and so um. You know, if the spark is there, like like I said, we, we clocked each other in a Zoom room and I was like, Catherine, we're going to have this conversation. So now we're having this conversation on a podcast, right? <laughs> but like I and I do. I love, I think, talking about it with people who are like similar again, like a similar nerd vibe. Like, like, let's talk about it. We're not here. We forgot some of the names. That's fine. You know what I mean? I think, again, some of that, like when I was when I was younger and some of the like prove it. I like Star Wars. I think the reason I, I, I don't say I love Star Wars is because I grew up around a lot of, you know, nerdy boys who would be like, prove it. You don't know that name. You're not a real Star Wars fan. And, and so like my thing is like I just and I'm a person who like I talk fast. I mix up my words sometimes. You it talk happens. fast. Listen. Um, I also listen to all of my podcasts at 1.5 speed. Um, that does do. not surprise me about you. I do. At all. I do. I do that. <laughs> I've heard some people just it's how you just in, inhale the in knowledge. Right? Yeah. Like and every now and then I heard a major artistic director the other day. She said she also does it on Netflix when people are just feeling their feelings too much. It's like, yeah, 1.5 speed. I was like, yeah. <laughs> 
so I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a deal breaker um but but I do it's a thing I enjoy I enjoy having like a dinner party conversation about and because I, I do think right like and part of the reason I was like I know Catherine and I have very differing opinions so let's come to the table and let's talk about it because it's an entirely subjective sport it really is and it is a sport right there is very real athleticism to it yeah. and why it's why it's interesting right like are we are we are we holding on to the quads are we getting quad heavy because we know how to grade that and we don't know how to grade what's a good story because of all of the problems we just talked about i don't know i don't know how you pick who's on those judges you know who, who those judges are um the the ethos of the artistry right but like the big picture stuff is what i like talking about um but yeah it's not a deal breaker if, if you don't want to i think about it, it, from, from kind of what you're saying too i'm taking a, a assumption so tell me if i'm wrong but I, like if someone were to watch figure skating with you and at the end of it maybe dissed the storytelling element or saying something like this is an art this is just them on the ice doing jumps or it's cheesy yeah would that be something that would be a deal breaker i would say show your work yeah i'm gonna give you a shot i would say show your work right if you're if you're if you're gonna sit and watch a program with me all right that's that's some that's something even though (laughs) this is a good sentence even though even though my ex and i the other day were talking about how sunk costs are a lie um we're still good friends um but but you know what i mean i'm like okay if you've if you've if you've if you've put in the sunk cost of four minutes of watching a program with me I'll listen to your opinion about it. And I hope that it's a like, you know, but if you're just here to cancel the sport because like you don't think it's a sport, well, then yeah, we're probably not gonna have a very good conversation. <laughs> or a conversation. Or a conversation. <laughs> yeah, then, then why did you sit there? Now, now we just wasted four minutes of everybody's time. Like yeah. if you say to me, ice skating does not belong in the Olympics, then I would just purely go. There's ping pong. Yeah. 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 What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. They're, I mean, uh, before totally, I do the last question, I, uh, is there anything... <laughs> You two want to open up that you haven't yet. We've talked about your quad hatred. We've talked about the lyrics. We've talked about the scandal covering up oh, the scandal. The team sport. I want to talk about the team sport. Here's here's what I want the team sport to be. Um, because Catherine, I think you've pointed out what something. Is, what is team All right, the team, the team, the team skating sport back this, in my day did well, not this exist. This, yeah, this is the second Olympics. I think of this. Yeah. I said. It seems to me, again, I'm not a, a, a if you ask me to, sh- to show my work, I cannot. Right. But it seems to me that this is riffing off of what uh, gymnastics does is the team event. Right. So the team event currently is um, countries form a team. I, I really like what I like about it is I appreciate the idea of being able to look at a country skating aesthetic across multiple because i was like holy shit who knew i really like the skaters from georgia yeah no i've been really impressed with that and and i've gone into the individual events going like oh there's a skater from georgia i will probably like them i like that i like the idea of it i like i like the idea of like right a sandwich of like the team event the individual events and then the exhibition at the end that feels very satisfying um uh what I want the team event and yet what the team event is asking us to do, right. Is you send like, everybody's still doing the solo sport on their own. So what did we have? We had the best men's short program and then like a best, a best ice dance or whatever it is, but they're basically, they're repeating the same programs that we are going to see in, in the individual competitions. So here's, here's what I end. And, and you've got like a team coach, but also everybody's kind of got their individual coaches, yeah. right? Here's what I would, here's my pitch. Is it a team coach or a team captain? Team, yeah, right, I mean, that's the thing, right? Because everybody still has their individual, because everybody is repeating the same programs yeah. and you have your own, co- you know what I mean? So this is what I want. I want, I want, a, I want a team coach. I want a team coach. Yeah. Let's say it's Brian, somebody like Brian Orser, right? We know we've got the great coaches out there. And I, I want the event to be something like this. I want, I want all 
what would it be? It would be six of them, right? Uh, uh, a pair, a, a pairs, a, a pair of pairs, a pair of uh, ice dancers, uh, a single man, single woman, right? I want, I want six of them on the ice. Uh, I want um, them to be, because this is what it used to be back when I never competed, but like it used to be, you would have to do these like, these fundamentals where they would give you a piece of music and they would give you a list of elements and say like, you've got a certain amount of prep and then you have to like fit these elements into this. Okay, off you go. I'm not saying I want improv, but do you know what I mean? I want the six of them to skate together. I want that to be Create a, true, a story with all of them. I, I do. I want it yeah. to be a story because again, as we're going back to this idea of like, you know, heteronormativity or like, what is the, sto- what are the stories that we could tell? And because that's what I like about stories on ice, right? You get to say like, like if it's going to be a team event, can it be a team event? Because now it feels like a preview or a warm up. And I mean, look, it's especially driven out by the fact that we don't know who fucking won this thing because no. of the because of the. Sorry, Dad. Dad's getting on me about my cursing. Get the silver taken away. Yeah, and, and so then, then what does that mean? That means that Nathan Chen's got two golds, but like that, you know, like I remember Sally and Pel- Sally and Peltier in the year where they won silver, and then because of the judging scandal, they got a gold. And I remember the guy being like, "Well, can we get a bronze just like for the heck?" of it right like can we can we get can we get all of them i just want the set <laughs> yeah i just want the complete set but yeah that's what that's what that is an offer philosophically of like you know i don't know exactly how it would work but like i just feel like if it's a team sport i want to see the team it would, i think if if that was adapted i love that idea by the way love that i think that if the olympic committee is listening i'm available <laughs> but i think if that was adopted it would force the judges to look at it as a cohesive story or a cohesive thing versus what they've made it now into like this oh you're gonna get scored you're gonna get scored you're gonna get scored and not up team I right. get what you're and, saying and, and because right? strategically yeah. again it feels like the scoring is right there's the individual scoring but at the end of the day it's right who placed first second you know it's this 10 to 1 so it's again what are we what are we judging here it's, it's interesting right because you watch a skater like Nathan Chen and I do love I do love that he studies stats and and you know what if the stats are going to be part of the game that's actually fine but that's why I'm like then bring me a real coach yeah. Don't just bring me a coach who's, who's, you know, who's sort of a team captain. Bring me a coach who's actually got to do the strategy of this. Like, let's let it be its own thing. No, I was also going to briefly say that, like, because of COVID, it's thrown everything kind of into a wrench as well, because I forget which country it was, but they had a they had a skater for the team event test positive. And so they had to rotate him out with another skater who had flown in like maybe four hours prior and is a new dad. It's this Canadian skater who I, I, I like, he's just a lovely little bundle of joy. I love watching him. And every time he's in the, um, the kissing, the kissing, kiss cry? And cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the kissing, he, he, he pulls up a picture of his newborn and That's shows it. Yes. Oh, yeah, but he, is. he had a bad short program because of the fact that he was like flown in, they're like, "Cool, you're competing." So he's like, like, "Surprise, you're on the ice." Yeah. <laughs> Talk about understudy nightmares. I know, and like logistically, I mean, like I just think logistics wise, they also just need to think about what it is. I think they really threw it together, and we're like, "Well, you're just gonna do this." Meaning his program. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, and also just the entire the entire concept of the team event. It just feels very thrown together. Like, well, we didn't have this before, but it'll be fun and more medals for uh, for countries to win. Um. Also, the fun fact that you have to buy, you have to own your medal. You have to pay to own your medal. Wait, what? Yeah, there are taxes on medals. I did not know this. Yeah, because what happened, the reason I found, I found this out many years ago. It's such a sham sometimes. What's even more shammy is that certain countries will pay your fee for your medals. But guess what? America doesn't do that. Like, I know that. How are we talking? 
What? How much are we talking? I, w- I want to know this. We don't know. We don't know this right now. We'll, we'll find out later. Well, we'll, I, we'll have to find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's like it depends on the country. Because is it just like because it's an actu- it's actually made out of gold? Like it's like a metal I, tax? Well, I think it's it's partially because of I I'm not entirely sure about the logistics. <laughs> We're not experts here. We've said this. <laughs> we are Google experts as well. I just we remember are. hearing that. Uh, oh God! Uh, uh, one of the skaters who. Uh, uh, Yuzuru Hanru, like he owns his medal, and I remember being like, "What?" And then I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh, he literally had to pay like taxes on this medal to get it, like to have it in his household." So then, does the country own it, or does the Olympic Committee no, the Olymp- own it? The Olympian, I think it's the Olympic Committee. I think it's it's very oh, strange. I hate that. Yeah, right. well, then also just funding <laughs> from the country in general is absolute bullshit too. We talk about ice skating being expensive, but well, last question. Okay, so you both died. I'm sorry. Oh, gosh. Uh, My people believe I got a few more chances. It's all right. You might have a few more chances. But in this moment, you died. And I, because I'm awesome and I know you both incredibly well, got asked to go through your personal belongings. Uh, While going through your personal belongings, I find a secret compartment in both of your rooms. All right. In that secret compartment, both of you, in, in this secret compartment, there's a note and a box. The note says, in this box... Is my true obsession. What is in the box that represents your true obsession? It can be physical. It can be ethereal. It can be conceptual. What's in the box? <laughs> Thank you. You're the first person to really? know. Yes. Every right. other time I've asked this to somebody and they've just been like, hmm, what would I think of saying what's in the box <laughs> on right purpose? Guys. I actually don't know how to answer that question before saying that. <laughs> My answer, I feel like right now is really fucking cheesy, but I'll say it. I do. I do feel like, OK, I feel like such a pretentious director right now. But I do feel like it would be a mirror because I think that the thing that I'm interested in about this sport, but in general, and you all have known me, right, both personally and professionally, is I am interested in identity and how how what we do reflects that out into the world. And I think that's like, again, that's what brought me to this sport was was watching Christy Yamaguchi and going, I want to I want to do that, you know. And so I think like and that's and why I watch the Olympics is because, and uh, you know, I want to see people at their best do their best. And when I think about why I do what I do, it's because I want to help people get better at the thing they want to be really good at. So yeah, oh, there's your, there's your, beautiful. there's your very meta. <laughs> good luck trying to top it. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but also what's in the box. It would probably be, I don't, I don't think we have this anymore, but like I would always get a program when I would go to stars on ice. Like I would, and I would treasure it. Like it was like the most precious item I could hold. And it just kind of, like it's just pictures of them skating and like little like like stories from skating or like being with your friends like when a they year, yearbook of skating kind of yeah, yeah. um because like it's also like the fam- like the the idea of like family within the skating world i think is very prevalent um like i think that from the vibe that i got on stars and ice like uh kurt browning and scott hamilton like very much like like older brothers of tara lipinski like that is the vibe i've always gotten there's also like a really beautiful piece that kurt browning did with tara when he was the clown and she was like a young girl dancing with him it was very beautiful like it's like so you kind of get that vibe from this program but it also just like reminds me of like being young and like uh like like the magic of it and like i feel like i have felt that with theater as well 
obviously like I wouldn't have committed my life to doing this if I didn't I'm like I'm in it for the money um there's so much money (laughs) I mean I could say who has the money because I've seen the tax returns but I'm not going to say anyway um but like there's just it it just kind of takes you like it, it fully encompasses you in a way I, there's just like something so magical about it that I can't really put onto my like I think I think magical is a perfect way yeah, to describe it. Yeah. And that it. program just kind of takes me back to my childhood, I think, and takes me back to like that feeling and also like when I had a really good re- I mean like I I currently have a very lovely relationship with my mother, but like there was a time in my youth when it wasn't good and so like that also brings me back to that moment of like me being good with my mom, my grandmother still being alive, like all of those feelings as well. Didn't mean to get vulnerable. No, that was beautiful. Well, thank you both for this enjoyable conversation and me hearing about your passions. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. But we're not done yet. Is there still trivia? There's nerdy knowledge. Yay! Yay! Let's go. I've made some questions up with interesting facts. Oh, no. Whoever knows it first, go for it. That's okay. what. That's how we're going to do it, okay? I'm, I'm, full, I'm emotionally prepared to lose. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Tara Lipinski was the youngest Olympic gold medalist in what city? Nagano, yes. Japan. What year? 98. Yes, 98. Bravo. We got one. <laughs> All right, Lavina got one for 98. You got two for Nagano in 98. <laughs> How many years apart were Todd Eldridge's world bronze medals wins? I'm going to guess, but I'm also going to say that uh, I do think that uh, Todd Eldridge is a good analog for Jason Brown. Uh, I would agree with you on that, actually. I'm going to say three. I'm going to say two. Ten years, 1991 and 2001. Right. I was amazed when I read that. I'm like 10 years and he. That's wild. The 2001, I think, was one of his last medals things that he that won. sounds correct mm-hmm. Todd Eldridge, interest, interesting as a skater because he was actually not that interesting of a skater no <laughs> i think he had like a, i vaguely recall that he had like a bull haircut or something akin to it and that is just how i identify. he was like a, a um oh gosh what are they called uh what do you clean your ears q-tip <laughs> he looks like a q-tip a yeah, little bit yeah. yeah i see what you're saying yeah <laughs> like, do i is this price is right do i get a point for being no. closest without going <laughs> no, over no, no absolutely not wow not not benevolent oh we're gonna right. we're gonna talk about uh some scoring now oh, oh God. no <laughs> list all five components for the program component score judges base decisions off of wait i actually don't understand this question Say I don't it again. so there are five components that judges look at a program and say, these are the five components I'm judging you. Wait, is this, this is the current system or this is the old, this is the 90s scoring? You know what? I don't know the answer to this. Are we, are you, are you want to just name some shit? Technical, artistic. Yeah. So this, so the, the program component score is the current one. Program and artistic, those were the past ones. Yeah, right. This is why, this is why I was like, right, because that's what it used to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. So we got skating skills, transitions. Oh, transitions. That's performance, right. Performance composition interpretation which i found interpretation very interesting solely because of what you brought up about storytelling because is it really a score <laughs> see but we like are they judging version that? of that so i want us to have yeah. points anyway but okay 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 but like some like yeah i think i don't know like there are some people I guess this is this is my this is my hot hot take hot take hot take um i think interpretation like 
Nathan China is someone to me who like is constantly in his head when he competes and then as soon as he knows he's got it he lets it all go agreed a thousand and that's like one of those things that i miss about like a scott hamilton or or uh or even like a christian miguchi is they just like from the get have it and he he's just in i think he's got the stats he's got you're so you're so you're so right you're so right um all right how many records does michelle kwan hold oh (laughs) i actually i don't know this uh let's say seven Ooh. Oh, wow. So judgy. <laughs> Jesus. Um, it's just a number. Four? It is three. Oh. Wow. Most U.S. lady titles, nine. She's tied with Maribel Vision Owen. Of course. Most <laughs> world titles, five. Tied with Carol Heiss and Dick Button. Dick, Dick Button, Button, of course. <laughs> yeah. And not tied, but she has the most world medals, which is 10 in total. Dang, okay. Wow, okay. Didn't she, didn't she work for Obama? No, she was working for Hillary, uh, Biden. too. Yeah, Biden, yeah. Yeah, she currently works for Biden. She's about to be, uh, uh, she's about to be an ambassador to something, right? Oh, I did not know Wait, that. Yeah, yeah, actually, I need, to, my phone's in the other room. We should look this up. She, she is, she is, she is about to, and, and this is, this is where I go, like, look, Tara Lipinski's great. I think Michelle Quad's about to be U.S. ambassador. Oh yeah, no, no, no. If she's about to be U.S. ambassador to France, like it's, it's not France. It's um, but I can't remember where it is. Ambassador to Belize. Wow. Right. I believe she's she, she. It's it's not yet confirmed. Yeah, and he, he nominated her. But he, but she as is of nominated. December twenty first. Yeah. No, I love that she got into politics. Like I love that she is like fully in. Like it just it's. I love when people do that. Yeah. Like I love Cal Penn did the same thing with. Yeah. With, um, his book is great, by the way. Really, oh, good to know. It. Yeah, you can't be serious. Uh, mom, dad, and I have all read it and love it. But yeah, right. But it is an interesting question. I think, especially, right, because something we were talking about earlier is especially, I think, in the ladies' singles, you see these people become famous so young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, and then what? You have more questions. Yes. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> <You're fine. laughs> but Christy Yamaguchi was the greatest of all time. Um, what season were lyrics finally allowed in music for competitive programs? Okay, wait, I have a question about this because didn't this happen for Ice Dance first? Correct. And then the sport overall. So it I think did. the sport overall we said was 02, but I don't remember no. Ice Dance. Ice Dance, I want to say maybe 90s. I don't know. Those are my guesses. But like Catherine guessed. Yeah. So we're, this is, this is the sport overall, correct? Yeah, I am my, the fact that I found is the sport overall. The sport. Okay. So the sport overall. Not sorry. I'm, sorry. Let me change. I am talking about not ice dancing. So, yes. yes. I apologize. I'm going to guess 06. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to guess 2011. Okay. In... In June 2012, the ISU voted to allow skaters from all disciplines to choose music with words in their competitive programs beginning the 2014-15 season. So they chose two years before they decided. This is a gap in my knowledge. What is the score range before 2004 a person could receive? Zero Zero to six. six. Nice job. As it fucking should be. Sorry. Because at one point they went to tens and I was like, what is this? I don't understand this. And now I just don't understand what the scale is on. I don't get it either. I, I will say really hearkening, quickly hearkening back to the lyrics thing. Um, Nathan Chen three days ago, a Vanity Fair video came out of him like commenting on like ice skating in films. And he brings, I like forgot the date, but he brought up the lyric thing. But it's also just a really great video to like watch a skater like comment on skating and also just the the stupidity of some of those cuts and jumps. I love um, that those those YouTube videos, right? That's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah they do like yeah. the spy tells you about spy movies and exactly. stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. I really liked Ice Princess though. I was like good. With with 
Michelle Trachtenberg. Yeah. I was like, Michelle Trachtenberg, right? Yeah. yeah. Kate Cattrall is in that. She's like, no new sex in the city. I will do Ice Princess. I will do How I Met Your Father. Oh, sure. what else? Oh, and, and Queer as Folk. Oh, so. yeah, she's doing that, too. So she's getting her money. Right. In 1992 Olympics, out of four... I might stand a shot at this one. <laughs> out of four events, the U.S. received one gold medal. What nation won the other three gold medals? Russia. That's what I would also guess. No, wait, 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 wait. You said 92? I did. I want to guess something else just to be interesting. So can I say Canada? <laughs> you can. Okay, great. You're wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> is, um, it, is it Russia? I'm going to give you to do, give it to you for Russia because it is technically the, the unified Russia. team, oh. which is the six of the 15 former Soviet republics, Russia, Ukraine, yeah, Kazakhstan, Belarus, uh, Uzbekistan. Because I was going to guess Ukraine because of 94, because of Oksana Bayul and Victor. Victor. Pachenko? Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't remember. But yeah, but that, that, that's what, that was the pause. And then I was like, well, fuck it, Canada. Well, now they call themselves the Russian Olympic. Olympic something or other. Committee. Yeah, because they're still not they, allowed to do it. Because yeah. <laughs> of doping. So what's going to happen this year? Now what does that mean? Yeah. You're just an R. Uh, in 2002, sorry. No. <laughs> Sarah Hughes. Oh, gosh. My did least how favorite. many triple jumps to win the gold at the Salt Lake City Olympics? I'm going to say six. Michael did not judge the shit out of that answer, and it is the first time he has not judged the shit out of one I of my answers. I would also, actually, I would say, I'm going to say seven. Seven. <laughs> right. Two of them were in combination with each other, which I thought was interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. What is the average age of a figure skater? What? Wait, wait, wait. What, now, what kind of, right, are we talking? A, per, a professional figure skater. But like, but like pairs. Oh. You know what I mean? I mean, singles is what this was from. Singles uh, and, well, wait, again, men, women? What are we talking I, about? This was just average. average. They took the average of men, women, singles. 21. He didn't judge my answer. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to now, and you're answering, and I'm, I'm just looking say now. I'm not. 22. 22.26. Price is right in me. <laughs> I'm going to stop answering first. All right. All right. This is a long question for a, not a big payoff. I'll answer Great. first. Okay. <laughs> uh, Elena Berezanya won pairs silver in the 98 Olympics and pairs gold in the 02 Olympics with Anton Skizhaldizim. Uh, technically, in 02, they shared the gold with the Canadian pairs team. Yeah. In January of 96, she suffered a serious injury, leaving her partially paralyzed and unable to speak in January of 96. When did Elena start competing again after the accident? Well, wait a minute. You're telling me she won in 98. Mm-hmm. And the accident was in 96. January of 96. Damn. Six months. Which would be what? I don't know. February, March. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. July. July. Okay. Even though, sorry, I paused because I was like, we said Catherine was going to answer first. Uh, yeah. Like, I, 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 listen, I don't really care. I don't really care. I'm having a great time. I would say like January of the next year. So January of 97. November of 96. How crazy. That's You're wild. partially paralyzed. You're unable to speak. Yeah. January. And then by November, you're competing. I think that's a great payoff for that question, honestly. I do. I, like, that's, that's an amazing question. Do you, I'm going to have to look this up. Like, what was the injury? Like, how did she get it injured? Did, I couldn't find something into it, but her former partner, before Anton, they were practicing, something happened, she got hit in the head. Because the article, the article <gasps> I found, right. I remember that. Yeah, what I was digging did in the article that? that I found was talking about the severe injuries and how mm -hmm. exactly what we brought up before, the blade causes way more injuries with people than they, yeah. than they people actually know. 
Yeah. Uh, who won the U.S. only medal silver in the 1994 Olympics? Nancy Kerrigan. Yes. I'm trying to think who was third, right? Because it was Oksana Bayul, Nancy Kerrigan. Was it? No, was. she anyway, was in a single skater. That one doesn't live rent free in my brain. Sorry. Right. In 1998 Olympics, who in the, in the 1998 Olympics, who won the only U.S. figure skating medals, gold and silver, and what programs? Well, would Carol this and Michelle Kwan. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll do this for for a long program. Oh, Wait, you mean like what did they skate to? No, I mean you, you said oh, for, it. For lady singles. Yeah, lady yeah, singles. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is long program, same yeah, thing. Yeah. You both got that one. <laughs> okay. You both were like, he's, he's, he's benevolent. He's benevolent. He's like, yeah, this is what he came here to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Lavina, you got four. Great. Catherine, you got six. Hey! <laughs> Congratulations. I will I will happily no, I will not happily be that. I will be the Midori Ito to your Christy Yamaguchi. Is that what it is? No, you can be Christiana. I'm going to be the Michelle Kwan to your Tara Lipinski. That's what it is. That's fine. You know what? I am so fine with that. I am so fine with that. All right. So you guys did great there, but now we're going to talk nerdy to me. I have uh, a couple things here, and I'm going to ask you, um, and I want you to go one at a time. All right. Go as fast as you can, but take your time. So first one is name your top three figure skaters yeah so from anywhere everywhere okay okay yeah anything this is anything rudy galindo this is in no particular order rudy galindo scott hamilton um um katarina gordieva even though she was a para skater but yeah i think that's a good call yeah yeah i'm uh uh I'm not going to apologize for this list being all lady singles. I'm going to say, I, was gonna say, I wouldn't expect I'm going to say less. Christy Yamaguchi. I'm going to say Surya Bonali, and I'm going to say Katarina Vitt. Mm, nice. Katarina. Katarina uh, this is the desert island question. Your guys is a little different. So if you were stranded on a desert island, what performance could you watch over and over forever? Kurt Browning doing the, the, his clown piece. Yeah. 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 I, was, I was just going to say all, all of you must remember this. But what I do love is that is is seeing Kurt. They have this like whole Casablanca sequence at the oh, end, yeah, and yeah. Kurt and Christy, and they skate off together. And this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful like that 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 whole Kurt Brownie, Kurt Browning, Christy Yamaguchi riffing off of Casablanca. It's shot in black and white. The costumes are great. There's there's like it's like this. It's got this sort of like it's great. Um, top event question. I want to know. What is the top competition or top show? We've talked about like All Stars on Ice or the Olympics. What is like your top program that you just like to like? This is the one that I like to sit down and watch everything. Yeah, for me, this one has changed because we were talking about this. Like I I, I grew up watching ladies singles. But I I would say now and again, because of the Quadapalooza we've been talking about and some of the scoring stuff, I actually I really find the ice dancing most accessible. I think the story is interesting. I know the least about how it's scored, which is actually kind of why I enjoy watching it the most. Like I don't understand the strategy of the twizzle versus the, you know, the footwork sequence or whatever. So it's changed for me. I would I would probably say the same thing. I also think it's evolved a lot since I started watching the Olympics. Um, into something that's like I think people are actually really telling stories and like making making some really bold choices. Um, it also like I know we talked about the whole sexual tension stuff, but it is kind of interesting to play guess who's together and guess who's not. 
Um, but no, I think it's I I used to think it was pointless. Like I used to be like, I'm gonna skip this. Like they're just dancing, they're not doing a triple lutz or whatever. And now I'm like, no, I think there's some really, really exciting things happening within the world of ice dancing. Yeah. I would agree. Where does one start to get into figure skating? This can be a, a dual answered question. Yeah, right. And, and if it's not your thing, that's fine, too. Right. Like, I'm not here to if you fundamentally think the idea of people doing these moves with blades attached to their feet is not for you, then that's fine. Um, but I, I say, right, like wherever you want. And, and, you know, as Catherine was just saying, right, like, you you know, there's no right way to do it. But like, like what you like. Yeah, I would say like. I mean, YouTube is like the most successful way, I think. Like, I, I just will put it on in the background sometimes when I'm just like, oh, I really want to. I'm thinking about this particular program. I'm still very pissed that there's one particular program that I I just it, it, like it was actually what I thought about for the program question right after I said my answer. And I'm like, because <laughs> it is the thing that like, uh, what is it? You can uh, say it uh, now. Okay, cool. uh, Scott <laughs> Hamilton on for Stars on Ice did a program to uh, Bobby McFerrin, who's that really incredible vocalist, The Wizard of Oz. Yes. And, like, there was a giant black witch's hat that was on the rink and would come up. And it was just... It, it was just so brilliant and so incredible. And he's just, he's also like a very playful skater, very similar. I think that's why him and Kurt are like, they're like brothers. Um, but that is, it's not on YouTube and it kills me. Like I, I go every like few weeks. I'm like, where is it? Is it exists. Um, but YouTube. And then also like a lot of, um, a lot of skaters, like I would actually really highly recommend, um, the exhibition skates at the end of the Olympics. It's just it's just skaters skating like there's really no stake involved and it's really lovely just to watch them do it without having to feel like the pressure of the sport, um, especially because, I mean, as we've seen, the pressure is real. I mean, we didn't even talk about, oh, gosh, I forgot her name, but she was born in America, but her parents uh, are immigrants and she's competing for their home country right now. And she fell twice and they they are like her country, that country is like blaming her nonstop. And like they're like, you're not only feeling the pressure of like of an athlete of being there, but you're also feeling the pressure of, of the country that you're representing. Um, what is a random fact about figure skating? I mean, I feel like my big one, actually, I, I already shared, which is that is that Michelle Kwan being the alternate on that 94 yeah. team. That was a solid fact. I don't yeah. think I have. A, I mean, like, it's not about skating, but like my fact about the that the fact that you have to pay for your medals. That's a great one. That's a great uh, one, too. Yeah. Good fact. I think you act, and like outside of the Olympics, I believe you also have to do that in competition as well. I also just want to double back to uh, places to start. Again, anybody can start anywhere. And so I I, again, I'm not really on social media, but Leslie Jones, right? <gasps> Leslie Jones is proof that anybody oh my can, God. right? And that, that figure skating is something that we're meant to have opinions about, and anybody can have an opinion about it. I find them delightful. It just, her joy reverberates off of my, I mean, I sent you that video, and you're like, God, I gotta get back on social media so I can watch yeah. this. Like, exclusively for this, you know, because again, but she's, she's, she's doing the thing, right? It's like, you know, the judges are there to define what good is, right? And, and, and how successful they are. Again, we can have a different conversation about that. But like Leslie Jones is enjoying the fuck out of that sport. Um, if I like blank, then I will like figure skating. Fill in the blank. I mean, I I do think. Listen, if you like theater, it's highly theatrical. Um, uh, uh and it's it's fun to talk about the reviews. If you like storytelling, yeah. Last final nerd talk nerdy to me is the if you know you know section okay so anybody else that is obsessed with figure skating that is listening to this i want you to say something to them 
but only they would know. <laughs> if you know, you know. We have talked all about Elvis Stoiko. Oh, what a hot man, too. Like, damn. Exuding, like, sex appeal on the ice. Kurt Browning, I love him, but I never, never, like, it was like dad watching dad ice yeah. skate. Elvis Stoiko. Elvis Stoiko. Also Rudy, Galind- Rudy Galindo for me. But yeah, I mean, depending. Listen, this is the thing, right? Like, depending on what you're attracted to, I think there's a lot to like in this sport. I wish the sport overall would stop forcing people into a package of success must look like this, yeah. right? But but because again, the reason I watch the sport is is for people to do do their best damn thing. Also, I guess if you if you know that we have our first non-binary skater competing in these fucking Olympics. I did not know that. Duke. Um he's a parascape. Sorry, they're a parascater. Um like then you know you like ice skating. Or also maybe you're just <laughs> transgender non-conforming non-binary person Wait, what, like what myself. Country, what country are they skating America. for? America. I will keep an eye out. I believe so. I could be wrong. Well, oh, thank you so much for having this chat with me. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming, learning, and teaching me about figure skating. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. Did I, it? I, Did I we do honestly have never talked at this length about skating with anyone. I, so. I knew you would be great. I love it. Well, thank you guys again. I can't wait to have you again. But yeah. thank hey, you all wait, for listening. Do yeah. we need to shout out? Oh, thank you for reminding me. Yes, 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 yes. If you have, yeah, shout outs, other podcasts, anything like that. Um, Um, Well, I feel like uh, I want to shout out. uh, This one goes to 11, which is a music podcast that our pals, Mike Lissinski and Tyler Esselman are doing. Um, I want to shout out uh, Too Legitimate to Quit, which my pal uh, Annie Passanisi Ruggles uh, and her husband, Ryan Ruggles, has been a guest on In the Jar. Um, But her her podcast is about um, marketing and and entrepreneurship. um, my favorite astrology podcast these days is Jessica Lanyadow's Ghost of a Podcast. Um, I really like it because she also shortly afterwards, not like immediately afterwards, but like I would say around 24 hours uh, at the latest posts the transcript up on her podcast or up on her website. And I'm somebody who likes to I have a lot of opinions about what speed I like to listen to podcasts to. But I do also I like to I like to read sometimes. So I like that. And then uh, you can't go wrong with Jamila Jamil. So um, I I do follow Iway on the socials when I'm on the socials um, and her podcast as well. I think um, awesome. My our friend Ben Kay has a really wonderful podcast called Movie the Musical where they talk about movies that have been turned into Broadway shows. Um, I have been a guest on two episodes, uh, Reefer Madness and Heather's, which was just a bundle of fun. Um, and then I'm also on uh, an episode of, oh gosh, the Chicago Artist Circle podcast. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you guys again. I appreciate you both so much. Um, yeah. And everyone that is listening, we'll see you again. Bye. Bye. Obsession! Game over.